0: One of the first points of real development, real personal development in martial art, is when you realize you're not actually that good.
1: You're listening to Mix Martial Arts.
2: So today I'm talking to Rick Fay, who is my primary instructor. He's the guy who still gives me guidance on every aspect of my life, not just martial arts. He's the only man I call Sifu, and um, was like a really, really cool older brother. So it's not a generation apart, it's literally a decade apart. Tops. Rick is the founder of the Minnesota Carly Group, and after a four-day camping cattle shop, we sat down, had a couple of beers, and hit record. We're just wrapping up now at at the first of hopefully many annual oh, hope conferences. So. right? It's been something, yeah. Yeah, it's been a, like a real bunch of fun. This camp is open to anybody who's prepared to come in and just train, right? Yeah, absolutely. The the,
0: the MKG method specializes in progression. And so what we try to communicate at camp is where the progression starts and then for each method, each area of martial art that we cover, try to communicate from the ground up how you would train it. So I hope that these people go home on Monday and it affects their training on Tuesday. Yeah. That's the deal. You take it home with you. And uh, that's why I write everything on the board. That's why I'm making sure that people understand where we are in the progression. Because that, if you affect people's training over time, that's great. If you Give them a fish or teach them to fish, right? Yeah. And that, that's the thing. I really want them to know the concepts behind what we do they're going to get a lot of training in a four day deal a camp is different from a seminar yeah. it just is it's different from a seminar you leave here moving differently than when you showed up some of that's because of muscle soreness but, <laughs> but some of it's also because we've ingrained certain things they might not even realize it but it is and, and hopefully they're getting their head around this whole art and this whole method that we have and um, you know we've been granted an unbelievable blessing first by Dan and Asano and then by other people but this blessing that we have can be communicated to other people. And that's what we're doing. And so when you have four and a half days of nothing but immersing yourself in this kind of thing, you're you, you asking about if it's available to anybody. If you're coming in from another art, it will color and, and really give perspective to the way you view your own art mm. and then start you on a path to more things so that you're doing not only your own art, but you've now added to it You know, many other areas and and, uh, I've always believed in camp. I ran a camp in the United States. I still do. Uh, I think we're on to 25 years now and the same people, well, you know this because you've been to many of them. The same people come to that camp year after year after year after year and we always have beginners, but the same people come back and that's why that immersion
2: is the deal. I came back from my first ever Wisconsin camp. So we went over and I'd never ever met you. We just turned. Myself and Sydney and Pindi Maddaha turned up. And I had just the best time ever. And I came back and I walked in through the door and within I think half an hour, my wife was said, said to me, are you going back next year? Because I've never ever seen you so happy. But it was the whole fact that I actually knew after 17 years of doing martial arts, I actually found a place that I thought, right, now this is it. Everything that I needed was there, right? When you, when you were talking about taking stuff back with you, you know, from a seminar and stuff, I've heard you say the quote before about Cyril Larry Hartzell, God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. He used to always say that you'd be at a seminar and he would give you this bunch of information. And he said it was like fertilizer, right? That has morphed. And really? that's where I got the quote that I use
0: because I, I will tell the, the, the class that I am the manure truck. I show up at the farm a one-time dump of information. The instructors there are the spreaders. Yeah. Which makes us both full of... Oh, never mind.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just touching on Larry Hartsook, I've heard the stories. and They're not even horror stories, they're, they're, it's like more rites of passage stuff, because you traveled with him, you've got a ton of great stories, and I'll get you to mention carrying his luggage, which I always <laughs> find amusing. Well, you know, I, I, I try to tell Sifu Hartsook stories the
0: best I remember them, I think some of them are exaggerated, but most of them aren't. And uh, the luggage story that you asked about the first time he brought me to London. I was a raw kid. I was a kid. I didn't understand anything about traveling. My passport had one stamp in it, you know, and he brings me to London. And my job as the assistant was to be the dummy and to carry the luggage. He had this big green army bag that just it was actually his duffel that he brought back from from Vietnam. But he has this big green army bag, so I'm struggling. And we, we stayed in Tottenham Court Road. I'll never forget it. And we had to take a train. We had to go up and over the bypass. We had to do this. Anyways, we get there, and I set the bag down. And he opens up the bag. There's dumbbells in it. He brought <laughs> weights. And those who remember Sivo Hartzell, he was you know, built pretty big well. Big guy. And uh, he was a big guy. And um, what he did for that art, or for this art, was go from place to place. But we slept on couches. I watched a number of people not pay him. So he would go and they'd say thank you because they didn't understand that the seminar cost money. He did more and he was a step by step guy. He was a soft spoken southern gentleman. He was an ass kicker, by the way. Yeah, don't get me wrong. He, He constantly watched for people to challenge what he was doing and whatever. And he was willing to handle that at any time and capable of handling that at any time but what he did was introduce, like I would say he gave us permission. So the first permission he gave us was to not be Dan and So Sivo Hartzell came out and he's his own man. He has his own method, his own way he moves, and he wasn't trying to be Dan and in an era where everyone was standing around trying to look like Dan and Well, Larry Hartzell comes around and says, wait a minute, he's working from the clinch, He's doing a couple of basic locks. He's punching. He's got a boxing background. Okay, I can do that. you know. And, and so he gave us permission to not have to be at the very top of the top of the top. We had to train every day. It was one of the best things about traveling with him. Is he would feed focusments every day. And uh, we'd do exercises and different things. And, but when he was done, he wanted to be done. Mm-hmm. And so you teach three or four hours, and then you need to be done. Which we, we talked earlier about the obsession part. Yeah, The obsession can ruin your life. Or, if not ruin your life, at least take over your life. That's not what martial art is supposed to do. You're supposed to have a life that is supported and enhanced by martial art. And he was that. And he would enforce it. You know, we had many times where we would uh, go out for a few beers after or go to a party or whatever. And he wanted to just sit around and talk about whatever. Favorite topic was Motown. Loved Motown music. And, you know, he, he just loved that that whole deal. If you had to talk about martial art, if you insisted on invading his free time with martial art talk, there was a price for that. <laughs> and I saw that price paid a couple of different times pretty heavy. And, and he, he was done. He wanted to be done. Yeah. And I thought that was great. I, I no, I give all the credit when when he dragged me overseas. I was a kid that didn't understand. I think I was a pain in the ass. You know, I was I was a guy that, that I didn't really travel too well and he stayed with it. He, he was. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's a shame that he died so early in the way that he did. Yeah. But because he was an important guy, you know, I, I really think where, all the places he went, he slept on couches. You know, I mean, he did yeah. he did a lot of stuff for this, this art. And I hope England especially remembers him because you guys wouldn't have this without him. No, you, you would have had Dan and Asano once a year. He'd be kind of a, a star, he's obviously the star player, but you wouldn't have the groundwork laid that
2: you do. No. Wouldn't have happened. One of my favorite stories I've ever heard was actually from Terry Varnett, where he said they were out one night and, yeah, Vietnam comes up. Yeah, he, he, down, he didn't downplay what he did, but he certainly did glorify what he did. Right. And then somebody said, turned around and said, wow, you know, yeah, I, I would have loved to have been there. And his, Immediate was, No, you wouldn't.
0: Yeah, you should definitely have respect for your veterans, and he was one. He came back in an era where the, the vets were not respected. Yeah. You know, he got back in San Francisco, and people were spitting on veterans and things like that. And you know, the things he saw. I watched him go through flashbacks and babysat him through that. Yeah, you know, he he served. He did his deal. I don't think he necessarily wanted to talk about it. No. Yeah. No, he, he didn't. He didn't really want to talk about it. There was a few things that, that he would talk about, and then there were some things that he just didn't want to go near, and I, I respect that. I didn't want to really push it, and uh, I think that's what I, one of the things I learned from him was just say thank you. Yeah. Just say thank you. It's not glorious, it's not glamorous, has nothing to do with the movies you've seen. You know, it, John Wayne's not gonna come out and say something. It's, yeah. it's an experience that he went through, shaped him in a lot of ways, yeah. but just say thank you. And so if people listening to this, if you know veterans, listen if they want to talk, don't pry. You know, because some of that shit's really painful. Excuse my my language. I mean, these are the most horrible things a human being can ever see. Mm. Like I said, give them your respect.
2: Just say thank you. You get to live the life you live Mm -hmm. right now because someone was prepared to do something that you are not prepared to do. And and that's a show that, you know, you can argue that the rights and wrongs afterwards, but you know, you don't, I'm not arguing the merits
0: of a conflict is fruitless most of the time because they don't have the right information. Mm. It's politically driven 99% of the time. And what it does is it puts the guys on the ground, the tip of the spear in a bad light. And these guys, these kids, they're kids, you know, mm. and they're risking their ass out there so that you have the right to argue about it. I think we should have discussions about where we exert
2: military force, but yeah. most of the time it's nonsense. Most of the time it's nonsense. If we actually taped what we would be talking about, if we, if our favorite topics are religion, uh, politics, socio-economic worldview, and the geopolitical landscape on that, it would be awesome. But, and then uh, there's that really short conversation
0: we have, yeah. which is our understanding of women. But that's when we rode silently in the car.
1: on a Screamer Club, Durham. Our base system is Dossi Paris, multi-style, with a smattering of other systems. Uh, Blind Princess Screamer, which is Serrata-based, and we're now, at the moment, progressing into the Rick Faye parent system. We run a club on a Saturday morning from 10 till 12. All ages, all abilities welcome. Can you describe um, Victory in just three words? Well, as I'm assuming that this show will be available to children, no. No, I really can't.
2: So Rick, if you don't mind, it's like a two-part question. First of all is, where do you see the state of martial arts in general? And where do you think we could take this? Boy, you know, martial art is a lot more popular, number
0: one, than it used to be. So we, we're coming into the post-MMA era. And when I say that, I don't mean that MMA is going to go away. It's just finding its proper place within the martial art community. So rather than being everything, it's going to be it's going to have a place amongst the young competitors. But what it's done is it's brought a lot of the general public and awareness of martial art, or something like martial art. Right. You know, you can't beat millions of dollars worth of advertising. Right. (laughs) I mean, that's the deal. So no, I think it's more popular. The other thing that martial art has done is it's morphed into a more mainstream and more health oriented. Thing. that's where our goal is right mkg yeah. that's our goal is the is the health and wellness and sort of general uh well-being of the individual and of the schools and all that stuff so um i think people are realizing that it can be an activity that's not just for crazy people yeah you know it's, it can be a mainstream activity as we've evolved and improved as an organization we have drifted towards more uh you know, you use the word methodology. There really is a method to MKG. There's yeah. a method to it. And it's, it's crystallizing as we grow. Uh, we're about drills. We've taken out some of the competitive aspects, taken out some of the sort of combative aspects, still having our feet well-grounded in a combat art but a way to drill and play and, you know, you show up for class. You see people leaving class every night with a smile on their face.
2: Exactly.
0: Whereas years ago it was all about serious self-defense and hardcore training, and they'd leave exhausted or hurt or discouraged. You know, you'd see people leaving the school, and now everybody's like, hey, that was great. You know, this was awesome. I love that class. And it's about the drills. It's about the methods. I do think that the focus, you know, I'm lucky enough to have my instructors who really do focus on the individual students and focus on improving people's lives yeah once you take that instructor and and really key them in on what they're doing as far as improving other people then you take out their own ego their own ego doesn't matter now right so you take out their uh performance anxiety you know because sometimes instructors feel like it's the show is on them the show is not on them you're showing an art form you're showing a a concept and a set of drills, et cetera. And so it's about communicating that to the students. It's about making sure that it's understandable, doable by them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And uh, you know, a- as you progress, uh, how should I say this? Your creativity is important, but you have to mix that with the learning and constantly improving. You know, I joke with my students, but it's true. On my deathbed, I hope to receive some sort of enlightenment and understand the right cross. Uh You know, of all the complicated things we do, I'd like to get one down before I go. One of two things will happen. Either the light will open up and I'll look up and I'll go, Oh, that's what it is.
2: Or the light will open up, and I'll go.
0: No, I need one more repetition. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's, that is so true. I, I, Gishin Furinakoshi said that. Oh, yeah, he, he was saying that yeah, on, on his deathbed. He said, "I think I finally understand the Gakazuki. Yeah. And yeah, uh, you know, it changes cool way, too. As it? your
0: body changes, exactly. you know, your body's changing. My body's changing, and and it goes up and down. And I think. The other thing that I've seen with Dan and Asanamis, he he, he's taught me to remain fascinated. That's one. Don't get depressed. Remain fascinated, and you appreciate. So you appreciate the people around you. You appreciate what you can do that day, what you get to do. Um, You sort of ignore the. the, We all have pain, and we all have. uh, You know, you guys are going to have pain today because we're going to spend some time with the Thai boxing. You know, so you guys are going to have beautiful. Yeah, it's not not Wednesday, is it? But you know what's funny? Our society, now this is interesting to me. So Western society labeled hard exercise as workout, train hard, endurance, grinding, those are the words we use for that. Yeah. There's other societies where it's viewed as exhilarating. You know, I've watched the ties; they're puking over the side of the ring and they come back with a smile. There's always ingrained in me, Thai boxing is something I get to do, not something I have to do. When I go back to my family in the slum, and try to support them by begging in the streets, that's something they have to do. Those kids are in the ring because it's something they get to do. You know. And it's, it, there's so many parts of this art where, you know, uh, I'm just so thankful for the collie and the different things, because I get to move. My body feels better than it would. You know, I watch my father age, and uh, my dad is two weeks older than Dan and Asano. They're exactly the same age. Uh, and, um, and he's a great man. In his prime, he was a professional athlete and did all has all kinds of accolades of his own and he he did unbelievable things but he can't get up a flight of stairs Um, and watching him and what his body has done or what most athletes i mean he's not nothing different than most athletes of that era yeah the average length uh lifespan of an nfl football player in his area was 57 wow so you know he's made it longer than all these guys anyways so um you know i watched that pathway in life what happened there and some of it's nutrition, some of it's lifestyle, you know. Uh, although his lifestyle is pretty good. He was never a drinker. I got that from somewhere else in the family. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> from another, from another proxy. Yeah, right? yeah. But, but, you know, I watch his his pathway, and then I watch Dan and Asano, and I have kind of a choice. I said, which one of these can I be? Yeah. And I know I can't be Dan, because genetics are involved. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You, know, you have Irish genetics. I have Scandinavian genetics. You were not sure about, <laughs> <laughs> but. No, so your, your genetics are going to be involved. But they're finding out more and more that the genetic is a, is a, um, it's a matter of activating the gene. So even like, like people will say they're heavy, right? They're, they're big and fat. Yeah. And they'll say, well, I'm, I'm genetically big. That's only partially true, because you have to activate those genes. Right. And, and sometimes you, you live a lifestyle that activates it. I have students, I just had one in Madison, um, and he came up to me, tears streaming down his face, lost 147 pounds. And he says something that was really interesting to me. He says, you know, Sifu, I got into this because I wanted to lose weight. Now I'm losing weight because I'm into this. I want my training to be better. He says, This whole thing has opened up to him. He says, I can do all this. I can do the Thai class. I can do the Jiu-Jitsu class. I can do Kali. I can do all of this. And now his goal is even lower. He's going to keep going. And so more and more we hear these success stories about martial art improving lives. Where You're right. Years and years ago, I saw martial art ruin a lot of lives, too. Yeah, same you know, It had to do with the tendency for violence. It had to do with obsession. You know, yeah. a lot of JKD people thought they had to be Bruce Lee or had to be Dan and Asano. Nobody else can be that. Yeah. And he continually tells us, it, it's a puzzle to me, because he continually tells us to be individuals, to fit it to our lives, to do it our way. I don't know how many different ways he said that. And then uh, you still had, it, at one time anyways, people that were gonna try to be that. And the obsession led to family breakups, it led to you know physical breakdowns, because yeah. your, your body breaks down. Um, it leads to frustration, because you realize you know, one of the first points, this is interesting, one of the first points, or it is to me, one of the first points of, uh, I think, real development, real personal development in martial art is, and it's one of the first ego checks, is when you realize you're not actually that good.
2: Exactly. As yeah.
0: compared to yeah. whatever you're comparing it to, right? But you have to come to grips with your own limitations That's and it. continually improving them, but you come to grips with the fact that, look, I'm just doing what I do. I enjoy it. I am I am the best at enjoying what I do. As far as the self-defense community, you know, everywhere in the world is experiencing a need for self-defense, whether it's greater or lesser than it used to be. I don't know. I don't know. You know, stories get exaggerated. So, you know, in my youth, we, we fought all the time, but that's in my brain, Yeah, yeah <laughs> so exactly. it's probably not true. But, you know, I, I do think that, that um, in the day and age of terrorism and other things, you know, that, Things have gotten a little more extreme, the self-defense need is a little higher. In the UK, I would, I've told you this, if I were to devise a martial art program for a school, it would have knife work in it or knife defense from day one. Right. Just because of the knife crime that you guys, you have to respond to the
2: environment. One of the things that I get personally a lot is when you go to America, oh, it's out of control, they've all got guns, the gun crime's crazy. And then I say, but we've got like really bad knife crime here. But if we had guns, we'd have really bad gun problems, too. I think if you got rid of everything, you know, if the only weapon in the world was feather dusters, you know, (laughs) it would be right? Yeah, Uh, we'd have feather duster crime because never underestimate another human being's need sometimes just to hurt another
3: human being, right? Hey, everyone. It's Kurt Cornwell with MKG Detroit Martial Art and Functional Fitness, a branch of Rick Fay's MKG International located here in sunny Detroit, Michigan. USA. You know, when I'm not busy shamelessly plugging our weekly Thai boxing, JKD, Kali, Pontitucan, and exciting MKG phase development program classes, and when I'm not busy also plugging our incredible network of martial artists from all over the Detroit metro area who decided to partner up with MKGD to offer this city the best experience in personalized martial art development training that we've ever had in Detroit as it's it's coaches and everything from BJJ to ghost from multiple forms of Kali to Capoeira mindset, coaching, personal, development yeah. yoga, mindfulness, meditation, everything. Yeah. When I'm not busy, shamelessly plugging these incredible training and development opportunities at MKG Detroit located in Ferndale, Michigan. I always make a point to sit down, slow down, And tune in to Mix Martial Arts, Mick Tolley's fantastic podcast with a very clever name. You've picked incredible world-class martial artists to sit down with you and share with all of us their insights, little tidbits and stories and training tips from their journey. Thank you for that. Keep it up. Um, And if you're ever in the city of Detroit, you, are you listening? Yes. Specifically, I'm talking to you. You can find us at mkgdetroit.com or on Facebook or any of the other Facebook-style things. We'll see you here.
2: So, Rick, we've talked about your ideas on regards to where martial arts is going, not just in Minneapolis, but globally as well. And I don't think we can even start talking about success unless we get to mention Takashi Eugino. Um He's quite literally one of the most successful and happiest people I know. Um, is there any chance you just give us a little bit of background on how he first came to the Kali Group, how you met, and an idea of just where he's taken this art?
0: Takashi uh, was going to school at the University of Minnesota, and uh, he started with that very first group in the garage. He and Greg Nelson actually got along really well. They got they they were kind of buddies after they started training, right? And and I like Takashi. It's funny his English wasn't very good. Uh, he was a good athlete. He was a really good, always has been a good athlete. His dad was actually an Olympic athlete. Really? Yeah, but he's a great athlete and I just really enjoyed the guy. Then when he moved back to Japan, uh, he started having me come over and we were going to promote Jeet Kune Do in Japan. Because Bruce Lee was a big star in Japan, but there was nothing there. There was no JKD in Japan. So at that time we got a lot of resistance, a lot of resistance. Mm-hmm. He comes from a line of uh, uh, martial art called Shorinji Kempo. Shorinji Kempo in Japan has, I think, it's a million and a half students. Wow, so it's huge art, right? In all different places, right? They yeah. have different clubs. So uh, he would bring us over, and or bring me over, because there wasn't us then. And um, we'd sit around with all the heads of this huge system, and they would discuss things and they'd stand me up and have me demonstrate something and then they'd discuss it some more. I, I don't speak Japanese. yeah. So it was all, oh, 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 oh. you know, I, I don't know what they're saying, right? And I, I just laugh at it and... and um, I think you've just ordered something to eat. I, <laughs> <night>. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. insulted somebody again. And I, I think um, we... Well, no, I don't think. We spent many years trying to promote JKD in Japan. And that was, you know, that was taught to me by my instructors, Larry Hartzell, Dan And Asano said, you know, you have a lot of legwork to do to promote the art. That's, that's The ground floor was laid by those guys. The top of that floor was laid by me. Yeah. So that's why in the UK, the ground floor was laid by Dan and Asano and Larry Hartzell. But the reason you know what Ponentukin is, one thing I'll take credit for, the reason you know what Pontentucan is in the UK is me. Yeah. And that's yeah. one of the few things I've done right in life, right, is, <laughs> is I just kept pounding the Pontentucan just because I'm too stubborn. And it happens to be my my thing. I like it. I like it. So same in Japan. We just kept at it and kept at it and kept at it. Um, Now it's actually quite popular. And what he's done is changed the art or what we do to suit Japanese society. So Japanese follower culture, right? It's a homogeneous culture. So what he did was he developed a method that started to get popular. He honed that method so that he could cater to the upper class. So all of his clients are rich, basically all of his clients it's all you go in there it's executives from their top companies it's you know that's who's there and um it's wonderful absolutely wonderful atmosphere he's a dynamic personality he enjoys what he does and you see that from the moment you walk in he's having yeah. a good time you know that t-shirt that he put on with good feeling really he believes that he believes it to his core mm. and they live it they live it and so uh, no, I'm really proud of him. I'll tell you, from, from coming from a college kid and to see where he is now, you know, he's one of my best friends, but he's also, I admire him. Yeah, You know, I just admire him. Not for his financial success, by the way. That's yeah, I, that's nice. Yeah. I enjoy the dinners. I enjoy the things. That's that's great. But the person he's become on the way up, and he's had his struggles. You know, we have, I have some stories about Takashi, too. He struggles. Yeah, yeah I, I just am proud to know him and be associated with him. And the effect he's had on our group, you ask that, uh, is to open our eyes as to what success really looks like. The, this idea, we're in an era now where 200, 300 students is a big school. You know, that's a success. You have 300 students, you can give other people advice about martial art business. Yeah. You know, I don't give advice about business because I'm a, I'm a baby in the business world. He's got, you know, his Osaka branch has 5,000 students over that now. But yeah. um, So we're, we're in the infancy of, of martial art business. And even the martial art gurus... You know that they're they're making a decent living. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. They're making a decent living. Um, some of them are proud of the product they're making that living
2: on. Yeah. But we're still in the infancy. If he was a street cleaner, I'd still think he was an awesome guy. But you know, yeah, the guy lives in Beverly Hills. That that will give you an idea, right? So he's 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 doing all right. He's doing all right. Um, if there was one last thing that you would say to someone thinking about either trading. In the MKG method or coming to camp or just basically having a look, what what would you say? I I would just say
0: that, you know, this this thing here is going to improve your life. And to list the ways that that happens would take us another whole hour interview. Yeah. But it's going to seep into what you do and what you are and improve your life. And we prove that over and over again. In this camp, there are two kids in wheelchairs and they've done every drill that we've done. They're absolutely my heroes. One of them came from my school. Yeah. And we we have two people in wheelchairs that have been able to train with everybody. You notice they're not training with one person. They're training with everybody. Yeah. And uh, it almost makes me want to tear up just thinking about them because some of us are whining about sore muscles. Right? I saw that today. Oh, you know, I'm sore here. I'm sore here. And then I see those guys wheel in the door. That's absolutely inspirational to me. So it will improve or... Uh, It's deeper than that, you know, because self-improvement is ubiquitous now, right? Yeah. You buy a book, it's self-improvement. You get a tape, it's self-improvement. You know, you are unlimited. You are this, you are that, you are this. It's nonsense. What we do actually brings that out in you. It doesn't just talk about it. It brings that out. And I see it, you know, over and over and over again. I see people doing unbelievable things and and challenging themselves and doing things that they've told me, told me, They've, they've told me, oh, I can't do that. Really? talk to me six months from now when you're doing it. We have a poster at the gym. I can close with this. We have a poster at the gym, and uh, it's a picture of Dan and Asano doing a technique. And the, the caption is, those who say it cannot be done should not interrupt those of us busy doing it. And I really like that because that's this art. People will look at it and say, oh, that's not possible. It's not
2: possible. Yeah, get out of the way. We're busy doing it. Rick, it, literally, as always, it's great to chat with you. And just personally, thank you so much for everything no, you've given me. It's been my honour. See that? It's a, been his honour. Got that on tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now
0: he said it. the bar's open. Good night, everybody.
2: Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed it, you're going to love my guest next week.
1: It was... The most violent thing I had ever seen and the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. Yeah. And uh, the person that was being demoed on was being bounced off the floor in ways I didn't think he could legally do to somebody. Mixed Martial Arts is a Paint Your Headphones production. Mixed Martial Arts theme tune is written and performed by Catalina Kicks. Find out more, including gig dates, at catalinakicks.com. This show was produced by Ant Beginley.
0: And thank you for not telling anyone there's KFC in the church. <laughs>
1: You're for me, I'm vegetarian, so... Are you vegetarian? Yeah, 20, 24 years. No, I'm terribly tired. <laughs> I'm a member of PETA.
0: Yeah? People eating tasty animals? Absolutely. <laughs> wow!